Listen, I'm excited about this brand new series that we get to start today. Uh, I believe that, you know, that God's desire and we believe God's desire for us is to be in a place where we understand uh, the concept of love uh, because indeed it is most important. In fact, the Bible, is, the Bible tells us God is love. And so I think it's great and it's important for us to get acquainted with this. So we're going to jump right in. In fact, look at your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor. You got to put some caffeine in that. Tell them you're at the right place, place. at the right time. Look at the next person. Give them a high five. Tell them you look nice today. Might even get a phone number if you play it right. I don't know. It's okay to pick people up in church. It's the best place to to grab them, fam. And then just ask them. Tell them what's love got to do with it. Ask them what's love. What's love got to do do with it? Hey. What's love but a second Y'all don't know about that. What's love got to do? Come on, come on, come on. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read from 1 onward. Do you want to read it? No, you can read it. Okay, okay, I'll do it. Yes, ma'am. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 onward. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And he says, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, or give it all up to be, deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I am nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, uh, hopes all things, endures all things. And then the A part of verse 8 says, love never ends. I love it. I love it. I love it. What's love got to do with it? I remember a time years, years ago, Pastor Andrew led me to the bedroom, pulled back the, <laughs> pulled back the sheets, gave me a little smirk and said, tonight's all about you. And I was like, okay. And then he said, it's all about you. And then he was like, I'm going to watch the kids so you can sleep uninterrupted for 14 hours. Come on, mama's in the house. Come on. My love language. Yes. Come on. Well, I got another scenario. Okay. It's at work, you know, out there pounding the pavement, out there preaching, you know, with taking my super soaker full of holy oil and some water hoping to extinguish the fires of hell. And I busted through the doors and showed up and I just saw something was protruding. It was sticking out. And it was just calling my name. And I ran over and I just gave it a nice old smack. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. See, be married. And then I was like, babe, let's get it on. I have a headache. (laughs) I don't need your head for what we getting ready to do. Gentlemen, do not say that to your wives. Do not do it. Nah, but 
when you hear <laughs> those are both scenarios, uh, those are both scenarios, some of y'all are like, why did I come to church today? <laughs> well, I'll just tell you straight up, we're very honest, we're very open, we're very transparent. Um, we're not scared to talk about sex. Sex is not, uh, it not it's, we're not just talking about sex by any means. Uh, but, you know, I think that things within the context of God, they're, they're great. They're supposed to be celebrated. Come on. And I don't think we talk about these things enough. So listen, you know, when you hear those scenarios, most of us, you know, we would say the first one was loving, right? And the second one was in a position where it wasn't really as loving. Well, uh, we would say and we would believe that actually both of them, both of them are loving. Both of them can be loving. Are y'all still with me? Yep. Both of them can be loving. In fact, there are four types of love, four types of love that we see main types throughout scripture. Some are explicitly seen in the language for those who are interested uh, in, you know, in, in Bible language. However, we see some exemplified or some that are lived out. And so there are four types of them. The first one, everybody say number one. Number one. First one is the Greek word storge. Everybody say storge. And for those who are note-taking, it's S-T-O-R-G-E. I'm still in winter school mode. <laughs> Storge. And this, is, this type of love is familial uh, or parental love. What type of, how, how would you describe this? And in the Bible, we see this through Rebecca and her son, especially with um, Esau being her close son. We see that with um, you mean Jacob. Jacob. Sorry, Jacob. Mm -hmm. They're twins. Sorry, mixed up, mixed them up. No perfect people, though. Right? Um, we see that with, you know, even with our own kids, we're really close. There's, a, there's just a special bond that you parents have with their children. So it's that, that natural, instinctive type of love you have with, especially with siblings, maybe, and even with parents, child. Yep, and it can even extend to, like, um, you know, cousins and extended family and people in that context as it's family or love. Uh, number two would be phileo. Everybody say phileo. 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 Come on, put some caffeine in that voice. Say phileo. <laughs> Sounds like a sandwich or something. Uh, and that is brotherly love. Brotherly love. Also kind of like a friendship bond, you know. Uh, some of y'all, you think that you uh, have a different type of love with somebody, but you're actually in that friend zone love. Yep. Uh, that phileo type love. Uh, but not only that, you got, you got anything to add? What, what type of love would that be? Do you see any examples in scripture of that? Jonathan and David. <sighs> Perfect. They were so close friends. It was sacred. Mm. They were very, very close friends. So we see that in the Bible. I believe they were like, it was almost as if they were like one soul or they, they, almost, they, were, they were just so close. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next one, uh, which is one that I love, amen, is uh, called Eros. And it is E-R-O-S. Did I spell phileo? Okay, phileo is spelled P-H-I-L-E-O. Eros, and it's sexual love or passionate love love right sexual love or passionate love kind of like what i was talking around and then now number four uh do you have any examples of that babe no i have three children <laughs> amen <laughs> and then the last one the last one is agape everybody say agape 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 love is a greek word that would mean unconditional or self-sacrificial love so the first type of love, uh, the example that my wife gave, that would be, I guess, in that category of self-sacrificial love. And ultimately, it's the gospel. And ultimately, we see it most importantly in the gospel, uh, in that in that God is, you know, God's love toward God's demonstrated His love toward to us through Jesus Christ. Now, uh, you know, I think that it's really important to understand 
And this would be, for those who are note takers, we got a couple points, a couple things for you to uh, write down. The first one for you to write down, be on the screens for you, is that loving actions don't always equal loving motives. Anybody know that? Let's say that again. Loving actions don't always equal loving motives. So me coming in the, in the door and running and smacking my wife in the behind and telling her all this sorts of stuff, it can be love, but it also can, even though it may be a loving act, an erotic sort of a, a action or demonstration of love, it doesn't mean that the motives are pure. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Right. Um, and so my wife, she comes to me and she's like, babe, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. I need something to drink. And I show up and I'm like, and I just, and I prepare this thing and I present it to you on a silver platter here it is my love here is this bottle to quench your your thirst and then what happens now you open it i go to drink it and it's empty nothing in it nothing's in it so a big presentation i'm presenting a loving act are y'all gonna stay with us on this morning i know i'm sitting down but i feel the preach creeping up but even this loving act no matter how much pomp and circumstance it's presented with it can be in a position where it's empty and so i think first corinthians chapter uh 13 is where this is the text that we're going to be looking at today and for those who have checked out because you think this is just in relation to uh married relationships or romantic relationships i this is why we said it is advertising this series is for everyone because then it can apply to everyone so let's start First Corinthians chapter 13, and that point, the loving actions don't always equal loving motives. We can see this in the scripture. The apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, he says, if I speak with the tongues of men mm-hmm. and of angels, but have not love, I am as a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, everybody say prophetic powers, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith so to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. nothing. And then he goes on and he says, if I give away all that I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. It's very powerful because although Paul, Paul ultimately is encouraging the church at Corinth around the importance of backing up your actions with love. And this Actually, there are some subgroups that the Holy Spirit showed us as we were looking at this that I think are impactful because they kind of are categories as we think about the love that we have for people or the loving actions that we put forward to people. It challenges us around uh, making sure that our motives are correct. And so the first one, he says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. One of the ways that we show love to people or loving acts are oftentimes displayed in our verbiage in our verbiage so love in the way that we talk love in the way that we express ourselves but paul says if we speak in the tongues of men or of angels but if it's not if it's not motivated by the love that he's talking about we are as a noisy gong or a clanging symbol could it be like so it could be like babe i love you you're the best ever in the whole world (laughs) ultimately this is what it sounds like yeah 
It's ineffective in our communication. When it is that we try to do something loving, however, we don't have, it's not motivated by love. I always find too, when you're in a relationship, it can be friendship or you're in a, um, with a significant other. That's why sometimes we go back, even though they've been uh, bringing us along or we, the first time around they give empty words, but there's just something about we don't believe people's words sometimes. Mm. And we continue to go back, even though it's clanging. You know, there's, I always believe that everyone knows about the red flags. Come on. And red, yes, red flag. Who saw that, that red flag? <laughs> thing and so I think sometimes what happens is we get used to the clanging mm. wow that we become familiar with the clanging you know how like you have a drip in your house or something and you, after a while you get used to it Woo! and we can't def- we cannot no longer realize it's still empty wow wow that there needs to be a moment of revelation and said wait a second wow this is being repetitive, doing things over and over and over again, and you have to say, you know what? Let me actually take a moment and listen, and sometimes just sometimes to remove yourself, mm-hmm. come back in. It's like you know when you go in the car and you in the car you're jamming, it's loud, and then you turn off the car and you go back like, what the heck? How 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 loud was I listening to this music in the car? Wow. You don't realize it because you were inside it in the moment. You just get familiar with the sound. It's kind of like when you jump in a pool, mm-hmm. and the pool can be freezing. And it's crazy, like immediately there's shock there, you know, but most of us, we're not going to jump out of the pool. And over time, your body becomes acclimated. Mm. And so there are, a lot of, there are a lot of us, it's crazy because you can be hearing, you know, they can be whispering sweet nothings. Come on, their lips could be dripping with honey. Mm. Can I paint the picture? <laughs> you know, but the fact is that we know and we've seen the signs and we sense Especially if you're a Christian and you're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit will often help us to discern this. But we're in a position where, even in this case, or even not, not even just with romantic relationships, it could be your brethren them, you know, at work or people that you're connected with. Just because they're saying it doesn't always mean that their motives I'll are correct. I'll pay you back. Oh, wow. Who has those friends? Can I just, can I lend me a five. And they never break, pay you back. <laughs> and you don't learn your lesson. <laughs> well... Not only this, going on, he says, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, this category, you know, prophecy is, uh, in, in the context of scripture, primarily is the declaration of God's word, either via foretelling, right, or foretelling. And it's a message uh, either that God has already revealed, like, his, like the word, or it can be special revelation where the Holy Spirit will speak things to us to be able to declare. And they're mysteries, right? Uh, and you have to lean in to get this, right? So this is second type of uh, love or the way that we demonstrate love in a practical sense would be love in thoughtfulness or mindfulness or cognizance. Like you're able to, to know things. You're leaning in. You're thoughtful, right? So love in thoughtfulness as he talks about. Do uh, you got anything for that, or, or should we move on? Move on. Okay. And then next, as he says, um, he says, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, mm-hmm. but have not love, I am nothing. And this is crazy because when we think about faith, uh, obviously faith to, in a spiritual context, people can have faith. People can believe. People can demonstrate this to you. They can believe with you. You know, they could be, you, you, you could be in a position where there's a lot of guys, especially we'll find that guys will pop up 
in church. I'm not going to call any names. But they will pop up in church and try and put on the biggest shenanigan. And it's not just guys. I'm not going to just, uh, you know, bash guys. But on the other side, show up and put on the biggest spiritual shenanigans because they're looking a girl. Come on, somebody. Are they looking a man? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And the fact is that they may put on this big show because the fact, but oftentimes the motive is not love and it's it's there's this demonstration because they want to draw us well so faith belief this is one of the ways that we demonstrate actions or we have friends that want to be your prayer partner and they don't a lot of times they don't even want to be your prayer partner they want to pray on you p-r-e-y you better and because prayer is when you confess your you confess what's going on in your life so they're trying to get all the gossip Oh, you're struggling in this area. Oh, how's your church doing? Oh, how can I pray for your church? And they're just trying to hear all the things. What's the 2020 plans? Be careful. They can use spiritual things, not using to pray, but to pray on you. And we just need to be, again, with everything, discernment, discernment, discernment. Come on. What's the motive? Again, we talk about they can show loving actions, but their motives are not aligning up with, the, with, the, with their love for you. Yeah, it's not, it's not loving motive. Listen. As sure as my afro is round, fam, I am telling you, there are some people that I do not want you to pray for me. Listen, listen, I'm telling you, and I told, and I mentioned this actually a while ago, and I'm going to use this example. I'll never forget, I went to a funeral, and, you know, my wife and I, we have a massive, um, you know, shift that happened in our lives where we came out of a um, organization that now we know uh, is the antithesis, we would say, of the gospel. It's completely opposing what the Bible would teach in regards to God and his love and all of this. And there are people who want to bring us back. They think you guys are headed to hell because you left the quote unquote truth. It's just so cultic. Never forget, I went to go uh, play for a funeral, and I went inside, and as I was going out, this woman just came up to me, and she's just like, are you Andrew Beresford? First of all, that was just, right away, that was suspect, fam. That was sus right out the gate. It's like, why, yo, why are you giving, calling it the full government, B? Like, are you Andrew Beresford? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And she's just like, I'm praying for you. And I just want you to know we got a bunch of people that are gathering. We have a prayer call and they're praying for you. And you can you never know, you just never know where you can just sense that something, there's just something behind it. I'm like, I hope you're praying for the will of God to be done in my life. Come on. But in that moment, I'm like, okay, and this is the thing, because everybody who's praying, who says they want to pray for you, doesn't mean that their motive is to get you where you need to be. And we're such a spirit, especially in spiritual environments, you know, I want everybody laying hands on me. I don't want everybody talking. Y'all, I, I want, see, I, I'm okay with telling you, no, it's okay. I'm good, thanks. And you can be like, oh, you prideful. You're arrogant. No, I'm not arrogant. I'm just cautious. Listen, this is like maybe 15 years ago. We were at, a, um, <laughs> we were at a, an event. He was praying. Actually, you were playing the keyboard or the bass. The woman of God was coming to lay hands. Listen, this man was like running away from her. Do not touch me. <laughs> And he didn't care that he made it spectacle because he, he knows how important that is, that you do not want the wrong people praying for you. Listen, the man them knocked over all chairs and everything, fam. <laughs> I was not, I don't, I don't make, listen, man, my grandmother t- teach me not to make sport, right? You're not laying hands on me if I don't trust it. And I felt in that environment, the atmosphere was off. 
and I'm not going you're not going to lay hands on me first of all the Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly you're not about to come through laying hands on me so you can claim it was me it was that day I know why he's preaching the way he is I know no you're not going to I'm not anyway let's move on so you got anything else to add or can we move on we can move on okay so number four he says and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love I gain nothing the, the, num the number four the, the next one uh, it's, it's especially in line with agape uh, it's love through sacrifice love through self-sacrifice so this individual is giving up their body to be burned you know putting themselves in harm's way for the sake of someone else and so he's saying that if I do this but have not love I gain nothing I remember, like, I like to do nice things for my husband. Like, she no, sure does. he's at work. I want to pick up something. But you know what I always, when I pick up with the coffee, it's always not the right way. <laughs> Pastor Andrew is very particular, so it's wrong. And it always has to be the day he's fasting. I don't like. <laughs> he was like, you know, before you do something nice, just ask me first. It's so funny because I always would, I, I'm so grateful that she's thought of me. It's so cute when she comes in the door with like, babe, here's your salted caramel mocha frappuccino with it. And she's just so, she's so excited and she was thoughtful and she sacrificed her time and all this stuff. And it's like, how do I put it over to her that I'm fasting right now? Or like, I only like it cold. I don't do hot drinks. I'm like, really? Yeah, like back in the, when sometimes like hot coffee will make me super jittery, mm -hmm. right? So for some reason, the cold, I guess it's because the frap has ice in there, and so it eventually, you know, waters down or whatever. I guess that's why. I don't know. But, but in that moment, I have a choice not to be offended or get offended. Right. Come if, on. If the, and the, if that purpose was actually to serve him and show that I love him. Wow, wow. If that's wow. the purpose. Wow. Then I shouldn't get offended if that's not what he likes properly. I should be like, oh, you know what? Next time, I'll take a mental note. That instead of like I like to I like to do nice things, but maybe I'll just ask with permission first. Like you know, I'm I'm on the way to office. Do you want me to pick you up something? Versus, sometimes like, you know how you just want to just surprise people. Yeah. And sometimes it's not working. The more the older I get, it's just not working anymore. Yeah. <laughs> to wow. surprise people, and but I have to realize what was the purpose. I want to show that I love and I'm wow. thoughtful. And I received it as such because I knew that you were going out of your way to to do this. Now this is the crazy thing. Don't shade me. Don't shade me. Just keep I'm looking not. this way and smiling. <laughs> Um, but the whole idea, you know, even when you think about it with motives, as we're talking about motives, like yesterday, you know, we were working on this, uh, on this new stage set and getting the lights and stuff. Um, I was working on this and it's just nuts. Like, um, the amount of times that I went up the ladder and down the ladder, up the ladder and down the ladder, yo, on my watch, that's some serious climbing stairwell points, you know, like my step counter was probably like at 15,000. It should have been. And I, I was going up and down, feeling good about myself, feeling good about myself. And then I realized I took off my Apple Watch and I had rested it down over on a table because I didn't want it to get mashed. And then I'm like, man, it was almost as if it didn't count. You know how you only post stuff on Facebook for people to like it? And I it was like, man, this did not count. Because, and then I realized my motive for doing it in my excitement was not that I was getting healthy. <laughs> But it was because I wanted to see on my watch to have this gratification that I did a lot of stuff and to pat myself on the back. Oh my, are y'all seeing this? So this is why we're challenging in terms of your actions, the things you're doing. What is the motive behind why you're doing it? Right? And so moving onward, this would, th this is, 
The thing is this, though, um, as, as, and as Pastor Chantal was kind of sharing, it's not always about motive. Sometimes, you know, um, our love and the loving actions that we put forward, it's not always ineffective just because um, uh, our motives are impure or our motives are wrong. Um, you know, let, let, let's go to point number two, if you will, in the next little bit of time we have here. Point number two, uh, for those who are note-taking, will be on the screens. Loving actions can be ineffective based on how they're presented or perceived. So sometimes it's not even about the motive. Sometimes it's about the way it was presented and sometimes it's about the way that it was perceived. And so in terms of present presentation, I'll just challenge you around this. How many of you have heard of the five love languages? Maybe, okay, some of you have heard of them. How many of you have actually read the book or done the test? Okay, if you have not yet done so, you need to go. It's Gary Chapman, right? Yep. Go get that book and read it. Because as you've seen, in terms of even loving in communication, sometimes you are doing your best. Yeah. It's not even about you not sacrificing. My wife, she went out of her way. Starbucks is not, you know, across the street from our house. You know, or even for me, at some time, there's some times where I might go, I'll never forget, I used to go and buy stuff for my wife. I remember I just used to buy certain things for her. And in actuality, I was doing things for her that I used to do for another woman because that was what, and I found that it was effective for her. And now I tried to bring that into the relationship with her as opposed to, y'all don't want to keep it Not real with me. Not in my house. <laughs> Instead of learning what's effective for her. So look, some of us, we get vexed. You go out and you spend $500. Or you even spend $50 and it's a stretch for you. You spend $50 to go and do something nice for your spouse or for your brethren, for your friend, for your mama, for your family, somebody. And you go out and you do this thing and then they're like, I'm like, I don't even, you know, that's not even my style. Or, or they throw shade or they're like, ah, you know, they don't like it. And then you get vexed. When in actuality, it's like, did you actually study what is affected? Do you actually take the time to study what it is that they like? So you may have sacrificed. You may have spent time. But is it what they were looking for and what they were asking for? And really what it is that is um, miscommunication, what ends up happening. And then you get angry if you don't talk about it. You're like, okay, I sacrificed person. I've done this for them. And Alain, you're looking into your, it's really becoming selfish with yeah. how you want to love them, how what you want to do. It became, it became a, you. I did this for you. This is what I did. Yeah. Don't you know what I did? And then you go back to the, the list of things versus yeah. like, wait a second. If I, maybe, and the thing is like, people can be allergic to things. Like it can be, Very true. you don't even really know the story behind why they say, you know, maybe it's a trigger point why I don't yeah. like flowers. Wow, wow, that's so good. And you're like, oh, flowers are beautiful. I love, you know, they're gonna love this flower. You're like, oh, roses. That's like, no one goes, no one goes wrong with roses. Some people, that's a trigger. It is. But they don't feel, have the confidence to say, you know what, actually, I don't do, I don't do roses. And so sometimes to think about that. The other thing about love languages, I don't think we do well sometimes as parents. Have we done the love language on our children? Oh, so good. Have we preach. done it on our children? Jeez. And what happens is we're getting frustrated with our children, but really we don't know their love language. Wow. Which goes with the same with their discipline. Yeah. It, it goes in alignment because one child you can talk stern to, the next one they're boo-hooing and crying. Why are you yelling at me, mom? I'm like, I ain't yelling. I, and my, as I, say, I told my son, I'm using a strong voice. <laughs> and the other day he used it back on me. He's like, mom, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just using a strong voice. No, you're not grown enough to use a strong voice. 
bring back that inside voice. Come on, fam. Listen, I'll, I'll, mama said knock you out. Listen, don't call CPS. Amen. Proverbially knock you out. Proverbially. No. But listen, there's so, yo, honestly, there's so many things that I would like, I would be in the grave for, you know, that my children be doing. And, uh, but we, we, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Listen, the, ba- the bottom line is even with that, that's so powerful because as you said, parenting is not cookie cutter. It's so, like, my, my son, Gabriel, right? Gabriel is so hyperactive. Have, have you been able to tell that yet? You know, he's always moving. When he's nervous, he's dancing. When he's standing, he's dancing. When he's thinking, he's, de- he's just always moving. And sometimes, you just can't get his attention by talking. And, every, and so when he was growing up, I'd have to pop him. And you'd be like, oh, you know? Where he'd be like, oh, you're calling me, you know? It's like I've been, I've been literally yelling. No, and he just, that's just him. Whereas Noah, on the other hand, Noah, you, like, you just have to look at him in a stern way and he'll start crying. You, don't have to, you barely have to say anything to him. And Noah, he'll, I'll never forget. One time he, he did something and I spoke loudly to him and he was in front of uh, some family friends. And I was like, why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Dad, I'm sorry and all this. And like two weeks later, fam, you know those people that you think everything's straight and then they come back and they just pop slash your tires or something <laughs> like three weeks he just comes to me one day and he just and it's one of those scary moments he just pulled me aside and he's just like dad i just want to let you know and he had to you know noah's the grown-up one he's the middle child he's a grown-up one he's so contemplative he's just like dad i just wanted you to know that two weeks ago when you when you shouted at me in front of in front of uncle nate and auntie Lori. You know, that really hurt my feelings, Dad. I really did. You know, they just, they just cut you all the way down to size. I didn't lay a hand. I didn't go near. I just said, I just said, raised my voice. But he also said to you, he's like, you know what? Can you explain why did you do that? Yes. He challenged him. And he's like, why did you have to do it at that moment in front of them? Yeah. And it challenged me. And I want to go, oh, okay. We're kind of telling stories. It. We're telling ourselves. We're good parents. But when... Oh. <laughs> But listen, but by the is, grace of God, I want to talk Amen. about the power of words, though. <laughs> when Noah was two years old, he didn't really smile properly. Oh, like man. he would just make funny faces and just would not like put it together. And we're like, you can't smile properly. Like get it together. Trying to picture. Listen, by the time he's three, he would never smile for a picture. You told me that I can't smile yep. at four. It took us two years saying, your smile's amazing. Wow. You're, be- you're handsome. You can smile. We love. It took us literally two years yep. to reinforce and undo the words that we said to him, even though we said it in passing. So true. And so this is important because you have to invest. You have to invest in learning your children's love language. And I don't care because this is for all the freshies in here, right? I don't care how you were parented. Like I said, I made jokes about how I used to get, I used to get lashes for everything. And if you follow my Gabri comedy page, it's all about me laughing at the stuff that I couldn't laugh at when I was a child. Because I would be dead and gone a long time ago. But your grace and mercy, no. But really, a lot of parents are just abusive. And you know, they, they deal with, it's like lashes is not the answer for everyone. Some people's response is different and we have to really go out of our way you know, and, and really, it should be a last resort in many cases. Yeah. And we oftentimes, we lead with that. Mm. And our, our kids don't reverence us in terms of fear, but they fear us in that they're scared of us. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want my kids to be scared of me. Yeah. 
I want them to respect me, but I don't want them to walk around and be scared of me. That's not what God's desire is. And so we have to be intentional about that. I want to take one last step further. With even understanding people's love language or how they receive, this can go into your workplace. So good. Your boss. Oh, that's so good. The promotion you're looking for. You're like, you know what? Like, why? And again, a lot of times we are selfish thinking about me, me, me. I work extra hours. I've been there till 7 p.m. I get there before everyone else. Maybe you're not thinking about your surroundings or even your coworkers, your boss. And so start leaning in saying, you know what? They actually don't like when I keep calling every five seconds or when I, or I talked about this last week that, uh, about grammar, that you find every typo and every email you're getting 10, like 10 of them from, from you. It's just being wise how you present um, your love to people. Yeah. Yep. Very, very good. Oh, man, we could go on this for hours. Yep. Um, but we don't have the time, so let's move on. So look, uh, the next thing for us to, to consider in terms of, obviously, ineffective love and all of this, but when we're talking about love, mm. uh, point number three, this is important. Uh, love outside of God is distorted and can be dangerous. Here it is. Love outside of God is distorted and can be dangerous. This is very important because, you know, there are a lot of people that are like, you know, even as it pertains to sex, right? And we have a biblical perspective on sex. Sex is something that should be celebrated. It's something that should be enjoyed. It's not something that should be real, super religified and, you know, we can't talk about it and all this and all this stuff. Adam and Eve were naked. Would we just make up a word? Religified? Okay. But Adam and Eve were naked and they were without shame, right? God's intent for sex, as we say this all the time, and I'll just you know, briefly touch on this, is that sex is meant to be crazy glue, not scotch tape. And that's why when you have sex with many people, and this is not to shame anybody who has been in this position, because God is a healer. Come on. And God is a restorer. But when you sleep with many people, every time you try to go away, it tears. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me. And it rips, just like when you try to pull your fingers apart. When you have crazy glue, it's because God's desire is for sex to be uh, sex to be something that bonds a married couple. It's not something that you cheaply spread around with everyone. And so you may have erotic love for somebody, but erotic love for someone, and you may be even showing it to them, but outside of the context of God. Yes, you might think this is antiquated, but the the I think that at the end of the day, I know this is not popular, but yet and still. It is, it is powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of heartache today, more than a lot of us let on, that it happens because we have things like erotic love outside of the confines of marriage. If you love them, then marry them. Stop trying to get the milk without buying the cow. As we always say, if you love them, go, go ahead and put a ring on it. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, like they, trying to act like you don't know the song. So, this is the idea. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm not trying to bash you. No perfect people allowed. But for those of you who are in that position, you still have the time to be able to get it right. I don't care how long you've been together. I don't care how long you've been living together. I don't care how long you've been doing it. You can get it right and honor God in this area. Any witnesses in this place? Yes. And God can heal you. So it can be dangerous. Yeah, you might love them, but it's dangerous if it's outside of the context of God. A lot of times, Eros loves can turn into the word um, pornia. Woo! Break it down. Break it down. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, pornia also is the word that derives from um, pornography comes yeah. from. Yep. 
And erotic love can be negative and that distorts our view of people you want to be with or oh, your experience so and it gets to be um, addictions come out of that. And so it's so important that we do things in the godly way because it distorts our lens of anything that we do moving forward. And I celebrate because it's a, it's a bunch of people, fam, getting married at Serve City Church. Amen. Getting married, having babies, and we celebrate it. In fact, we have people in lineup for premarital counseling. Literally. Come on, that's something to celebrate, y'all. Y'all ought to be excited about it. We'd be so excited about who's getting with who and who's doing this and all that. This is celebratory. When people, young people especially, making decisions to commit the rest of their lives to each other. I encourage you, man. This is, this is something that is very powerful. And then also, I'll encourage you, even when we're talking about this, even friend zone love. Because sometimes we use our phileo love, love for someone as an excuse to hinder us from telling them the truth. So their breath stinks, but you won't tell them uh, because I love them, man. And I don't want to hurt them. How many of you know that as the Bible says, sometimes uh, it says faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Yeah. In other words, sometimes your friends need a kick in the pants over a kiss on the cheek. Come on. And there's a lot of people in your life, even for you Christians, that you're like, you know what? I don't want to offend my friends with the gospel. You know, they, they, might be they might be Buddhist or they might be, you know, an atheist or they might be. And I'm going to hold back my miracle testimony. That could change their life because I don't want to offend them. I just want them to be where they are. You know that that is destructive and that is distorted if the, the love that you have is hindering you from telling the truth to the people that you supposedly love. The gospel is so important. It's so imperative that we, ha we have to go out of our way even as people who are uh, people who we're in the friend zone with to be able to dis demonstrate uh, the love of God to them. You know, I, I think yesterday I made a post on uh, Facebook. Listen, in my whole social media life, I've never gotten so many shares. I made this post by T.D. Jakes. I need friends who are my friends when I'm not in the room. I had over, I have over 220 shares. This must have struck a nerve for so many people. So powerful. There's something about phileo, like what can get distorted is we want quality friends that when you're not there, they're still cheering you on. They're talking positivity about you. They're loving you. Love is not when I'm in the, when you're just in front of me. Oh my. Love is when I'm not, when I'm not there. Come on, I get my, my sister amen me in the back. Come on. Come on. No, it's so true. And Look I, at this. You need people who have your back behind your back. Yeah. Come on. And I think a lot of times we settle for what's actually happening when I'm not there. Yeah. And we, I, I, and I know we're Christian, I believe in forgiveness, but I also feel like we give people too many chances. Yeah. Wow. And I really believe sometimes, listen to this, we need to move people that were in the VIP to the balcony in our lives. Listen. Not that we're not going to be in my life. Come on. But you're going to rearrange where you place in my life. From first class back to coach. Come on. Listen. No, it's the truth. And I agree with you because, again, it's like when someone, listen, fam, I'm not Jesus. I'm Christ-like, and that's my goal, but I'm not Jesus. Come on. I'm not going to die for your sins. Come on. Come on, somebody. It's some hills that I'm not going to allow you to crucify me on. Come on. You know, I know 70 times 7 and all that stuff. I'll forgive you. I'll be like, forgive you. Oh, I'm not, I can't say that uh, in church. Y'all will, will come back. Uh, 
But I can be like, I, f- I forgive you and also still get thee behind me. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be friends. We're not going to be in that position. You're not going to, because we want quality over quantity. I believe you can, you can set boundaries, but you don't have to burn bridges. Oh my, that's, a good, that's also a good dynamic. Go ahead. No, because I, really, I don't believe you ever burn bridges unless you know how to swim. Okay? That's so good. And so it's so important Mars. that... It's so important that you set boundaries for your life. And this is another, we're going to be, this, through this whole series, we want to be dropping resources. Henry Cloud, I think his name is Henry Cloud, about boundaries. Oh, so good. Read the book. If you Write struggle with boundaries, read. There's book for your children, for work, for your spouses. It's all in that. And so read that book if that's one of your struggles with boundaries. All right. And to close out, uh, we're already a little over time, but to close out, we, I think, how many of you have been enjoying this so far? Okay, look. So... This is what the Apostle Paul says, and I think this is powerful because the type of love, because he's saying, if I uh, have prophetic powers, if I give my body to be burned, if I, all these things that he said, remember the, the four, uh, love through verbiage, love through thoughtfulness, uh, love through faith and belief, and love through sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he says, but if I have not love, it sounds almost redundant, like what do you mean? Because these are actions of love. Uh, in other words, if it's not motivated, the word love there, because as I said, there are four main types of words for love in the uh, Greek. This word for love, because the Bible, for those who don't know, uh, is written in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, and it's original. These are just translations of the original language for us to understand in our language. So sometimes to get a deeper meaning, uh, can I just challenge you? You have to go deeper into study. And so that word there, have not love, is agape. Everybody say agape. Agape. And this is a powerful type of love because I can't have erotic love with everyone. At least I shouldn't, right? I can't have, you see what I'm saying? All of the, so, so at the end of the day, the type of love that he's talking about and that he's championing here is not eros, is not phileo, is not any of these, but it's agape love. It's self-sacrificial love. And he goes on and he actually, uh, in, in verse 4 and onward, he describes what this love is like. And this is the type of love that you can have across all your relationships. And ultimately, it's a reflection of God's love to us. Here it is, verse 4. Love is patient. Everybody say patient. patient. And kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist insist on its own way. Man, help me, Jesus. It is not irritable or resentful. So we're talking about we love people and we get irritated every 10 seconds. We're talking about we're resentful. We resent them for things that they've done, opportunities that they may have that you may not have. Can we just talk about this? And it does not, watch this, rejoice at wrongdoing. So we don't celebrate and get with the man. Oh, you cheated them, fam. Oh my gosh, they deserve that. No, we're not celebrating these things. When you're seeing stuff, anyway, we don't have the time. But rejoices with the truth. Mm-hmm. And then look, love bears all things. The Bible encourages us in the book of Galatians. Paul tells the church at Galatia to bear one another's burdens. In so doing, we fulfill the, the law, the love of Christ. Love bears all things, believes all things. In other words, what does this mean? Hopes and believes the best in people. Mm-hmm. People that you truly have agape with, you're going, to, you're going to trust and hope the best in them until proven otherwise. Right. Most of us lead with doubt. Mm. 
will lead with doubt. And this is your true friends. You know your true friends because they're not going to jump on the bandwagon against you before they even talk to you. I need people in my life that are going to hope the best before, before they even talk to me and have my back until proven otherwise. We could preach a whole sermon on that. And then he says, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You're in a position where you are there and you, you are willing to, to, to continue to strive and walk with people. And then he ultimately says in, in verse 8, a love never ends. In other words, you know, this is love that is constant. This is love that is consistent. You're not in and out of love with people in this regard. So uh, this, this is the last point for us, if you will. Last point, not only... Uh, not only is loving actions not always equal loving motives, not only do loving actions, uh, can loving actions be ineffective based on how they're presented or perceived. You know, we didn't even really talk about the perceived part because sometimes people are showing love in your love language, but you're just not receiving it well. Mm -hmm. uh, and not only is love outside of God distorted and can be dangerous, but the last one is agape should be our goal. Amen. This should be our goal. Yes, you can have phileo with someone. Yes, you can have eros with someone. Yes, you may have, you know, uh, all of these storge with someone. But we should make it our goal to live in agape. All of these things. As you were reading these things, how many people be honest? I'm going to be honest and say as you were reading those things in the agape love description that there's things you need to work on. Let me see the hands of everybody. Things that you need to work on in that kind and not being irritable. I, I'm a witness. Mm -hmm. And we, by the grace of God, can develop and grow in this area and it should be our goal to demonstrate agape love and to have that in every single sphere of our influence are you with me yes. and so you know i'll end by just saying this and i want you to write down make sure you write down first corinthians 13 and study it and commit it to prayer and encourage and pray that the lord would give you this strength the, the most beautiful thing the most beautiful thing to us and the reason why we strive to have agape love and we have the ability to be in this position is because of the love that was shown to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And the Bible lets us know that over 2,000 years ago, that in John 3:16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Notice, he loved the world, so he gave. So his love that he gave to us was, mo uh, the love that he showed to us was motivated by true love. Instead of saying, you guys suck, I could blink and create a new planet. So forget you guys and it's over. He says, you know what? I'm going to put on flesh. And instead of sending an angel, come on somebody. Instead of sending an angel i'm going to come myself because god is spirit and he put on flesh and john 1 14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us he lived perfect because he knew that you and i wouldn't be perfect and he did the greatest communication of love that's why i love that the bible calls jesus the word of god it's the most prolific love poem that god the ever, in fact, I say this is the most prolific love poem ever communicated to mankind is Jesus, the word of God. And so Jesus came. He lived perfect. He died in our place. Somebody say, why did he die in my place? Because the Bible says we are all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And the consequences for our sin is death. The, the beauty, the gospel, everybody say the good news. 
in the Greek, the euangelion, the gospel, the good news is that Jesus didn't just die in our place. He took all of our sin, our past, our present, our future. He paid for all of it. And on the third day, he rose from death with all power because he's God in his hand. And today he extends this incredible love to all of us so that we, no matter what you've done, this is so beautiful, even as we've talked about sexual sin and things of this nature and you may have a, a spotted past, you may even be in a crazy situation right now and you're like, I got to get myself together because God can't accept me the way that I am. I'm here to tell you that's what he died for, fam. He died because you and I, you and I, we don't have it all together. And so he wants you just as you are. And so in this moment, you have the opportunity to put your trust in him and what he did for you. It's a gift that he gives you free. Don't have to pay for it. You don't get it now and make payments after. <laughs> you can get it now and it's a once for all deal. You can be saved. You can have eternal life. You can have relationship with Jesus now and forevermore. And when you die, you're not going to die and stay in the ground or die and go to hell. But you can die and be with Jesus and be with him forevermore. So powerful. Isn't that good news? Somebody ought to celebrate that news in this moment. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And so we want to give you the opportunity in this moment. I want to give you the opportunity in this moment to respond to this love. Before you talk about loving everybody else effectively, you need to respond to this love. And so in this moment, I want to invite you to give your life to Christ. If you have never made this decision, or if you may have gone away from Christ, his forgiveness is here and his arms are open wide, and you can come back to him and put your trust and reestablish a relationship with him. Pray this prayer with me. And church, let's not let them pray by themselves. Let's pray this prayer out loud together in support of those who are making this decision or who are coming back today. We say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins and for rising from death with all power. Come into my heart. Be with me now and forevermore. I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Can we open our eyes? Can we put our hands together and celebrate those who made a decision for Jesus today? Come on, we can do better than that. The Bible makes it clear that heaven rejoices.